people, this is Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. I'm your boy, Mr. Press. And with me always. It's your boy, Cash, a.k.a. Exec P. What's happening, good people? Told y'all he wouldn't take a break. Last episode, I told you, like, I was kind of planning for it to go solo, but it's not the way it was going to do. The dude loved the work, and he got a hell of a work ethic. That's the reason I don't mind working with him and doing this podcast with him. So, uh, Cash, for the people who never heard of us and don't know what we do, all right, man. So don't sleep on the couch podcast. It's a podcast about music, sports, entertainment, and culture. Uh, by culture, we mean unapologetically black culture. So we'll do that each and every Tuesday. We'll drop new episodes. Sometimes we drop bonus content on Fridays. This today, today though, today though really isn't bonus content. This is just a part of what we're trying to do as far as our independent artist series. And we're trying to meet artists that we we like that's on the same kind of path that, that we're going on on the come up and we're trying to bring their music to light to the people that listen to us and to anybody else that wants to pick up and, and move forward as fans with them. So with that said, today we have an MC and we don't say that lightly from Chicago. I am God. Welcome to the couch, man. Appreciate you fellas. I'm ecstatic to be here. I'm, I'm more than happy that y'all, you know what I'm saying? I reached out and I'm honored that y'all reached out and had me on a platform with y'all. I'm happy to be here. No doubt, no doubt, man. So uh, we like to get right into it because we don't like to waste the people's time, man. Let, let the people know a little bit about where you're from, how you got your start, and just kind of who you are as an artist. Uh, well, uh, I go by the name I Am God. That's I-A-M-G-A-W-D, and that's really an acronym. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? so when you break it down and you put it all together, it's I am getting ahead without revolving. And you know, basically what that means is like, I'm gonna get where I'm trying to go in life. I'm gonna move forward without taking 10 steps backwards. I'm not gonna be out here doing nothing that's gonna compromise my manhood, nothing to where I can't look at myself in the mirror and be proud of the reflection that I see, nothing that's gonna make me look any old type of goof ass way. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna get where I'm going by being the thorough individual that I feel I am. You know what I'm saying? But I'm from the Southwest side of Chicago, LeClaire courts all day, they took the buildings, but they can't take the memories. Um, you know, and I got my start in music. I grew up in a musical household, you know what I'm saying? The in the city of Chicago, single mother spill, you know what I'm saying? But she did everything to music, you know, she cleaned the house to music, just playing music for recreational purposes. And she even taught me my alphabet, you know what I'm saying, through music, notable artists at the time. So A is for Al B Shore, B is for Bobby Brown, C is for Cameo, D is for DeBarge, you know what I'm saying, shit like that. So I always grew up, you know what I'm saying, with music around. But my first introduction to rap, and I told the story many a times, was to uh, Brenda's Got a Baby video by Tupac, you know what I'm saying? It's in black and white. And at this time, I'm born in 86, so I think Brenda's Got a Baby is strictly for my niggas. And if if I'm not mistaken, that's 91, right? I had to look it up, but yeah, it's before all of the album, the notable yeah. albums that everybody right, likes right. from pop. So I think it's like 90, 91, something around there. You know, so at that point in time, I'm around five years old. You know what I'm saying? So black and white video, they actually play the story out in the video as he's rapping it. So you see Shorty on the floor, like going through labor, and then you see her put what's supposed to be the newborn in the actual trash can, the dumpster, whatever. So as a five-year-old, I'm shook. Like, I'm, I'm shook, but... It's not like I'm running from it, like I'm stuck. I can't look away from it. You know what I'm saying? It got my full attention, but like it scared me to death. So that intrigued me right there, just the the vividness 
of the visual mixed with the vividness of his lyrics and the storytelling and that intrigued me from there. But I didn't really get fully on into rap until later on, probably around 10, 12 years old. Cause you know, before then I was drawing, you know what I'm saying, dancing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But around 10, 12 years old is when I really was like, you know what, I wanna rap, I wanna put words together, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't really come into my own probably until I was around like 15 or 16 years old. That's when I really got into the likes of like Nas, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jay-Z, Biggie, Pop, Pun, Big L, you know what I'm saying? Even though some of these artists had already passed, unfortunately, like I was at a, 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 a age and a mental state to where I could understand more clearly what they was talking about versus being six, seven, eight, nine right, years right. old and not really knowing what's going on. So I would say 16 is like, that was the age where my ability took a, a, a giant leap because I'm like a sponge. Like I was already in love with rap, but then that's when I started learning about the culture of hip hop. So my brain at that time, I'm like a sponge. I'm just taking in everything. And I rap like every one of my favorite MCs throughout time until I got up to being an adult. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I feel like I sound the way I sound now. So yeah, early on, man, been in love with this rap shit, this hip hop shit early on. You know what I'm so so from, from Chicago, with a heavy East Coast influence because all of the guys that you name are from there. But at the time, considering the age, uh, you know, being 35 years old, I could see to where at the time that's who was really being seen on a national level. So it's kind of only nice. right that you gravitate towards that. But right. in terms of your album, there is a significance. And I was watching the uh, documentary that you had been dropping. I think you're at part three right now on the internal uh, reflection. So kind of tell, can you tell the people a little bit about the significance behind the cover for those that don't know? Most definitely. So the cover is, uh, well, first of all, I had a, a super talented artist by the name of 46 Designs, shout out to him, um, commissioned this image. And the images of a shorty went by the name of Robert Yummy Sanderford. You know, he was murdered execution style in September of 1994. Um, the story goes, he was he was 11 years old, you know, allegedly a member of the, the BD, you know what I'm saying, organization out of Chicago, the Black Disciples, uh, from the Roseland neighborhood, the Hunnets, you know what I'm saying? And allegedly, you know, he was on a hit, a sent-off mission, you know what I'm saying? He was sent to do something, and he killed the innocent girl, you know what I'm saying, allegedly, and in the midst of that. So to keep him, to silence him, to keep him from talking or getting caught or whatever, you know, he was murdered execution style, you know, and that shit that sent shockwaves through, you know what I'm saying, like the country, through the city and through the country, so much so that that image was on a cover of Time Magazine, you know what I'm saying, I believe it was the September issue in 94, you know, so even Tupac, when he was locked up in Clinton uh, Correctional Facility, you know what I'm saying, like he had like an image, like a bill, the image on a billboard behind him while he was doing an interview, so that story definitely made his rounds, you know, and I got to give a shout out to his younger brother, Kade. You know, um, when I first started putting the image out there that that was revealing the, uh, the cover art, you know, I got some some flack for it because, you know, I don't I didn't I'm not familiar with well then I wasn't familiar with any of his family. So I didn't have anyone to reach out to prior to, which I definitely would have, you know, what I'm saying had I known any other family, but I didn't. This was just something that stuck with me as a child. And as a grown man, like I never forgot that image, obviously, and I never forgot that story. 
you know, so I got to shout out his brother, Kyle Dave. You know, he wasn't really with it at first, you know what I'm saying? But we had a thorough conversation, you know what I'm saying? We talked away from social media and he got a full understanding for what I was going for and what I was trying to do. And he gave me his blessing. So I'm forever uh, grateful for that, you know. Um, but the way that it ties in together, you know, the, with that being the image, with that being the story behind the image, I should say, and with the, the title being the eternal reflection, you know, what's a reflection? Something you see in the mirror, what's eternal? Ever, everlasting, you know. So I feel like that story being 1994 and it being damn near 2022 now, it's still the same thing going on in Chicago, and I'm pretty sure other inner cities across, you know what I'm saying, the country across, across the globe, you know, and it's unfortunate. So to tie that in, it's kind of like every time I hear another story of one of these shorties being taken too early due to gun violence, gang violence, whatever you want to call it, I instantly go back to that image of Yummy, you know what I'm saying, in that story. Like like I said, it never left my mind. It happened in 94. I probably didn't hear about it until like 96, 98, something like that. But it was still just like amazing to me that this could happen to such a young person. You know, I'm from the hood. I'm used to it. But it back then, it wasn't an everyday occurrence, you know what I'm saying, for a shorty to be in it at that young of an age, not just collateral damage you got hit on some innocent bystander shit but to be in it you know what i'm saying and, and be taken out you know what i'm saying so violently like that so that it, it just always stuck with me so that's basically a correlation between the cover and the titles the eternal reflection every time i hear or see another one of these shorties being taken you know what i'm saying so blatantly before their time i'll always revert back to that that story and that image mentally cool cool so before so kind of peeling it back. So did the cover come before you made the album or as you were piecing the album together and towards the latter end? Because the tone of the album kind of speaks to everything you just yeah, just exactly. mentioned in terms of this this story. So which which came first? The content came first. You know, I, I, when I coming into this project, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I rarely ever know what I want to do going into a project, except for the first project. Shout out to homie Max Julian, the first project I put out since I, you know, I stopped messing with rap music, you know what I'm saying? As far as creating it, like in 2017, 2018, I was just really disgusted with myself in a climate of, a climate of music. But uh, I knew what I wanted to do on that project, which was come back, you know, it was kind of like the Brazil, the guys that like put the battery in my back. I'm like, okay, y'all like this shit again? It's grimy street underground hip hop shit. Y'all like that again? cool, I do that well, that's what I grew up on. But with this project, it was kind of like, I didn't want to do I Am God Part 2. I didn't want to give you the same thing so soon. So it's kind of like, okay, I just went into it making music though. I didn't know what I was going to end up with. And it just so happened, the stuff that was speaking to me and uh, inspiring these lyrics and these concepts and these stories, it just so happened to all fit and sound perfect together. And you know, that's when I started coming with the idea like, this shit is really turning into a concept album right up under my nose, you know. And that's what I that's what I look at look at this album as. It's a concept album, and a con conceptually it being based around Chicago, the inner city, and just society society during the time of 2020, because you know that was the lockdown time and social media wasn't off in our face. You know what I'm saying? It was like that was a real semi-depressing time for me just seeing everything play out the way it did so 2020 mixed with my experiences growing up in chicago is basically the theme you know what i'm saying of that album so in short it just it just it just came together how it did so the title and the idea for the album cover came after the beginning but before the end of the process it was like okay 
it's coming together and the, and the light bulb just click like, okay, yeah, like that's, that's it's coming full circle now. Sure. Yo, Prez, I wanted to toss it to you because I know in pre-production you had a really, really good question that you, I know you wanted to ask. Yeah, I think he kind of answered a little bit with, uh, with the, what he was talking about just then was uh, this is more that introspective, uh, societal, like you put a mirror up to society type rap that uh, we was hearing on this. And that's what we was getting a lot of and what I was absorbing. And I was just trying to see uh, what was the, the whole up process and but you, you like I said you explained all that very well on there so uh it was, it was just going to through it uh in Chicago we had a different bunch of different type of artists and you know kind of uh the elevated talk is usually like we we have a lot of artists in Chicago that that give this and I think you explained that very well at the beginning of why that is so of how you grew up I mean the way you said you learned your ABCs, man, we need that instead of the coca melon that we be getting for these kids nowadays, man. Like something, something <laughs> like that need to be out there, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, could you get in some of the stories that you like spoke of on the album or the 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 how you was going into it? Let's say the baby mama drama that was that was prevalent a lot on there, and you you, oh, you no. had one song that was going to the end, all the way to the end on it, uh, and speaking bottle, on it, and, bottle full of liquor. I think yeah. that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because when we get the henny, bam, yeah, yeah. Can you so, speak on that? Yes, sir. That's um, that's it's a fictional tale, but at the same time, when I do fictional tales, it's always pulling from some sort of reality. So be it if it's a small piece of my own reality, small piece of something I might have seen on the news, small piece of something I might have witnessed uh, secondhand from somebody else, something I might be privy to that I didn't necessarily experience, you know what I'm saying, in first person. I, I feel like, you know, we talk about women a lot and they whole phase, you know what I'm saying, women going through their whole phase. I feel like it's men, we don't talk enough about our bitch ass nigga phase that some of us go, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't hide it. I don't feel no type of way about it. I didn't grow up with my father, you know? So that journey through manhood, which I'm still on to this day at 35, it was a lonely one. You know what I'm saying? I have my guys, I have my friends, but most of us come from single mother households with no prominent dominant male figure in a home. So as men, we go through our bitch ass nigga phase because we have all sorts of crazy, oof ass uh, examples of what a man should be. You know what I'm saying? Or what a man is. And it's not really something that you want to follow once you get of, you know what I'm saying, of a more mature age and place in your life. So it's kind of like I did a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of. You know what I'm saying? Even though this story is not 100 percent mine, it's definitely some uh, some elements of my life as a 20 year old, as a teenager in there. But that story was basically to just I'm real big on giving you the why, you know, so so many people. Now black people talk about what black people need to do and why we are the way we are and what we do and how we treat each other. But nobody ever talks about the why. Like we didn't come to this country on that type of time. We didn't come with gangs and and self-hatred and you know what I'm saying, none of that. We were a thriving people once we got our footing, you know what I'm saying, under us, once, you know what I'm saying, slavery was abolished and all that. Like we were a thriving people. Tulsa, Oklahoma and many other communities were flourishing without white influence. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't come here specifically on that. So people forget about the why. So with that story, it's a story about a bitch ass nigga, but why? Why is he like this? And I'm trying to take you into his mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you notice in the hook, I say bottle full of liquor, my mind full of them evil thoughts. Feel like, um, feel like something, but I'm a G at heart. Like he, in his eyes, he think he a stand up dude. 
but I'm describing, you know what I'm saying, like, again, a quote-unquote bitch-ass nigga. Like, no, you're not a stand-up dude. But in his mind, he feel like he a stand-up individual. And he goes from getting into it with his mother, who was just looking out for his best interest. He rebelling against that. He has a seed. And it's uh, him, his baby mama telling him he needs to focus. But he like, fuck that. I'm doing me. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to hear that. He don't even claim the child. I say, should have got the abortion. Now this bitch want a portion. That's, that's not... The that's the part. <laughs> that's the part right there where I was like, oh, because I thought initially, you know, of course, that's why we had to ask the question whether you were pulling from personal experience or not, right. because that that line right there, I was like, God damn, like no, you would think that you, part, it was a ruthless. That's a ruthless way to think with that exactly. being your child, and then also right. like I also wanted to get into some of the interludes because uh, the middle interlude in particular was very powerful with the mind frame and the thought of not saying the guy on the interlude and how he felt was a bitch ass way of thinking but it's just like a i'm fed up uh way of thinking you know what i mean and, and it just seemed like yeah you perfectly described it when you're talking about the shit that you're going through and and not having a father not you know not all these different things the story behind the story behind the story right what came makes to fruition. what makes a bitch ass nigga like what's the ingredients <laughs> that go into that not just trying right. to say oh this dude is less than a man but let me tell you why this person is the way he is and with all those you know what i'm saying situations and happening within that song you know it climaxes to the point of him being drunk out of his mind going to confront his baby mother about uh sleeping with one of the ops and he find out she was even plotting to get set him up homie a house shot up his mama house and he yeah. lose it at that time like oh no and like he kill his bm and kill himself with the baby in the other room so it's like it's a fictional tale but i like pulling at the emotional strings like yeah. that song that song was kind of like you know Nas is my favorite mc and you know i love uh undying love so that song was kind of like my version of that you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted to do something that I know is not too far fetched because this has happened many a times. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. around the world. Period. So it's like, even though it's a fictional tale, it's a lot of reality in it. And I know I was kind of sort of that guy before, and I know people who was that guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's kind of like it's all relative. Yeah, and even in the story, like when you're telling it, like like you're saying, like he didn't want to claim the kid, the, the girl at any point until that end when he said, oh, my, I'm going over my baby mom's like, hold up. I, right. I was catching that in the story too. Oh, now you're going to claim it when right. when you feel like you're getting done dirty. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's emotions that like that. That's how that's that's what end up getting them. You know what I mean? That's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, good story behind it, man. Uh, or or like that. a concept and, you know, getting the meaning out of there. So uh you had a couple more cash if you want to go to yeah i did i did uh so chosen which was i wanted to speak on that because that was like one of my my favorite songs as well on the album featuring uh olive blue and britney carter which shout out to britney carter we're still trying to get her on the podcast so if you're watching and listening britney we got to nail down that time had oh, to put that plug super out there talented. super talented <laughs> had to put, yes the voice unique and she's just being her so I definitely like that. Uh, and it has nothing to do with being a woman rapper. It has everything to be do with being a dope rapper. So that was a great feature. But, uh, you know, I think a couple weeks ago, I think I told you offline that uh, it probably was like two months ago or something like that. Madam Money, uh, my man Numbs, and, and also Check the Rhyme, kind of, that's how I got wind of the album. You know what I mean? And then uh, I had already been listening to a little bit of Britney's work. So this was like the first song I kind of went to, and then I was like, oh, 
this, this dude really spitting. And then it was like the first verse that called me like, you know, too short to hoop and, and kind of embracing your, your mm, skill of yeah. rap. So do you feel like on Chosen, for me, it was like, maybe it's my, my thought process. And do you feel like hip hop chose you in a sense? I most definitely did. I feel like this was kind of like love at first sight type demonstration. Like hip hop chose me, but I definitely chose hip hop as well. Cause I never, it was never a, a, a point to where I was running from it. I mean, recently, you know what I'm saying? Quitting later on with being frustrated and not getting where I feel like I wanted to be. But as far as the beginning, like, nah, like I fell in love with it and I fell hard. So I felt like it found me, but I definitely like surrendered myself to it, you know? So it's kind of like, even though I, I understand, it, it kind of sounds like the old Biggie, either you're slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. It wasn't like basketball was my first love and I just fell back on rap. Like, no, I enjoy playing basketball, but I never was really that good to, I knew I wasn't that good to take it to the next level. And honestly, I wasn't trying to be, it was a backyard thing. Like we would get a milk crate, cut the bottom out and nail it up to the nearest light pole and go crazy all night. That's what it was for me. I was never really on none of my teams in school, never really aspired to be that. I love the game of it, but well, I liked the game of it, I should say, but it wasn't like my heart wasn't in it. Like my heart was always in rap and just being an overall student of hip hop culture. Like my heart was always in that. So when I say too short to hoop, no plans of college, rap was just common sense. I'm just saying like, I know I'm not doing this. I know my mind is not in school. I didn't like school, even though I excelled. I didn't really care for schools. So it was kind of like, you know what? This has so much of a hold on me. I feel this in my bones so much. It only makes sense for me to pursue this. It would be goofy for me to walk away from this and go for what somebody else think I should do. You know, not saying nothing is wrong with going to school and furthering your education, but for me at that time. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with going to school, furthering your education, and still you can learn a lot with in, in the ins and out about music and the business. But at that point in time, it was just the art. It was the craft. It was no thought of the business for me. I was just in love with the art of rhyming, the, the rhythm and poetry and putting words together. So Let's, let's stick with the art, though. So your first two projects are solely with one producer. And I know Prez will agree, like, you you got the Freddie Gibbs with Mad Lib. Uh, you got Alchemist and, and, and Griselda, you know, with Conway. I believe they made an album together. You got Hit Boy and Benny the Butcher and, and so on and so forth. Uh, Harry Fraud's having a hell of a Harry year. Harry Fraud Jim and Jones. Jim Jones, yeah. Right. Okay. So, but the one thing that they have in common common is that they sound so cohesive and they sound so good especially when it's done with somebody who could rap is that like a, a conscious effort for you to just do these these one-offs with one producer to have a complete sound it is now the way it actually started it was more of a financial thing it was financial relief for me you know because anybody that's an entrepreneur knows that everything comes out of your pocket you know what I'm saying? Financially, you are the investor, you know? So it's kind of like you're talking about studio time, you're talking about video shoots, you're talking about photo shoots, you're talking about marketing, you're talking about promotion, you're talking about just a whole bunch of things that you have to divide this money to. And I don't have no big budget or no big backing like that. Like I'm one individual, I got a nine to five, like mostly everybody else. So it started off as like, you know, I can't really pay two, three, four, five hundred dollars for 12 different beats, you know what I'm saying? And like, that's everything that's that's everything that I have, you know? So it's kind of like, you know what? Let me lock in with like, like-minded individuals, you know what I'm saying? To where the money is important, but it's not so important to where it's like, 
it gets in the way of the, the, the art and the chemistry, you know? So I just locked in with producers that I respect, split everything down the middle 50-50, and we rock out like that, you know? So I got a shout out Max Julian. He was the sole producer of I Am God that I released in August of 2020. And I definitely got a shout out to homie Custom Made, who was the sole producer of The Eternal Reflection, which I just dropped in April of this year on Filthy Records, and that's out streaming everywhere right now. So make sure y'all go check them projects out. Cash, I don't sure. know how you I don't know how you editing this, but uh can we drop the funk flex bomb right there and then throw <laughs> that back? Because he spoke nothing but truth on that being the independent man. Uh definitely oh, yeah. feel you on that. Oh yeah, we definitely <laughs> definitely feel you that on, on that, man. They don't they don't know how much it takes behind the scenes just to get to the point of the music being that good. So many things have to go right, and you have to be so smart when you're doing it, especially on an independent level and, and with promotion. So we, we feel you on that. We can relate on so many levels, especially not selling your soul to to be in the limelight and to be in front of the different eyes and ears of people that you want to listen to your music. So so right, we feel you, you on think that. about it, a lot of the times we doing more with less. You know what I'm saying? We don't have the budgets. We don't have the big clubs or the big connects. It's kind of like you entrepreneurs and independent indie grassroots types of demonstrations are the epitome of make the best out of what you have. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we have an upper hand to when we do finally get over that hump and do get a little bit of the better product because it's like we've been used to making magic with the the least. And I'm not trying to discount nobody saying that nobody I worked with has not been of substantial, you know what I'm saying, value because they definitely were. I wouldn't have reached out to work with them. But it's just saying like, I feel like we have an upper hand because when you do finally reach that plateau when you're able to, you know what I'm saying, rub shoulders and get, you know what I'm saying, better product and whatever, however you want to put it, it's kind of like we've been used for so long to just making it work with what we have and making, you know what I'm saying, like the dopest content that we can. So I, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that I love. I love going into the studio with the guys, you know what I'm saying, and, and seeing what I could pull, what rabbit I could pull out the hat next. Because it's just like, I'm always like trying to, put my best foot forward because even though it's my 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 star starting to starting to shine a little brighter you know but anytime i i put myself out there it's always the first time hearing me for somebody so i always got to make sure i come correct so it's a challenge that i welcome and i enjoy it yo and i also i also want to shout out uh before you, before you uh say something press i also want to shout out just kind of standing in that creative lane our, our guy abel mary we had him on a few uh weeks ago on the podcast and he just I mean, he's been putting out an album every month, but what I found to be the dopest part of that is he's recording it on his own. He just uploaded like a PDF website, relaunched his website, and now he's teaching other independent artists how to record from your crib. It's gonna, you know, cost a budget for you to get a certain standard, but yo, he's he's putting out high quality stuff and you wouldn't even know that this was not done in the studio. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's super dope that he putting on for, for other artists out there to kind of get the blueprint and just start. He got an entry level package and then all the way up to kind of what you spend and what you're comfortable with. So I, I, it's different ways to skin a cat, but but yep. man, I, I love, I love what you guys are doing with what with what you have, but I'll toss it back to you, Prez. Uh, so e eternal reflection, uh, a lot of hip hop heads, I don't know out there, they probably gonna think the same way I did. Reflection Eternal, you talking about Talib Kweli and High Tech. Was that any influence on on it? Cause you got the duo again, the the producer and the, the rapper duo that you got on this album as well, so. That played a role in, in the name of the project most definitely cause I always loved the way uh, Reflection Eternal sounded. And that was actually what I wanted to call the project 
Reflection Eternal. But then like, you know, uh, Custom, the producer and uh, Decay, you know what I'm saying, the label head, he was like, shout out 50 Records once again. It was like, you know, it, it might cause a little too much confusion because you know, you still got, you know what I'm saying, Ty Lib and High Tech. So it's like, we don't really want to do, you know what I'm saying, let's let's change it up a bit. And I'm like, I, 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 I was in love with how Reflection Eternal sound, but I'm like, yeah, that is theirs. You know what I'm saying? Let me be a yeah. little more original. And we just flipped it around and put the on the beginning of it. And that's that's how we came up with the eternal reflection. So it's kind of the proper way of saying it because reflection is eternal is just like a dope way to say eternal reflection. You know what I'm saying? They just switched it. So it's kind of like we just put it in, you know what I'm saying, the, the grammatically correct way. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. But I, I fuck with them like heaven. Yo, so there's so many like lines on this album and and just kind of given the the reasons and the why behind it, like you mentioned earlier. So can you like briefly like break down just the the things, the lack of OGs in in Chicago and the and the bad rap it gets, and then also kind of could you touch on some people that are doing things that we may not necessarily see because all we see from people outside of Chicago is the negative aspects and the overinflated numbers of, uh, you know, sh you, you know what I'm saying? Is that what I'm saying? Right. So it's before, before, you, before you answer though, I, the ghost of Cavalier Mitchell, like what, what was that? What's the name and concept oh, behind that yeah, song yeah, yeah. and everything? What is that? What is that? I'm missing something. Something. The, on the ghost, the ghost of Cavalier Mitchell was basically a tribute to Twister. Cause even though I mentioned a bunch of East coast artists okay. that, influenced me and taught me how to rap. Twister was definitely one of the first individuals that taught me like how to rap seriously. At one point in time, I thought I was baby Twister, you know? So it was kind of like <laughs> my whole style evolved from the Chicago do or die type of flow to the a little faster with the Twister flow to then learning how to slow it down on some East Coast shit. So I, I definitely got a big up and, and get a flowers to my Chicago legends that really taught me how to rap because I came up on Crucial Conflict, Hey in the Middle of the Barn, The Final Tick, Good Side, Bad Side, Twister, Adrenaline Rush, Speed, Not Mobsters, Mob Stability, Do or Die, you know what I'm saying, Picture This, um, Common, you know, uh, the legendary tracks, the Can't Forget tracks, Infamous Syndicate, Shauna, you know what I'm saying, Tifa, mm -hmm. who's still doing it, still just as raw as they was when I first heard of them. So it's kind of like the Cavalier Mitchell you know, I thought Cavalier was his actual government name. His name is actually Carl Mitchell. I don't know if you guys know, but in the uh, college dropout booklet, uh, you know how they got the yearbook Above demonstration Kanye. and they got twisted mm -hmm. it and it says Cavalier Mitchell. But Cavalier was like, I guess, one of his earlier rap names was just like one of his neighborhood nicknames. Like they used to call him Cavalier. You know what I'm saying? So I thought his, his actual name was Cavalier Mitchell, but it's actually Carl Mitchell, but it worked out because he, he was also known as Cavalier. So the ghost of Cavalier Mitchell is definitely a, a homage to Twister, hence the double time flow that he made so popular. So that's what I was grasping, but I was like, I didn't I didn't know that whole look, the story, the Cavalier Mitchell, like his government name. Yeah. I, I just know Twister. I'm like, he got Twist and, on here. He's he's mimicking the flow, but right. what is it? Yeah, I, I just couldn't. And even the video, together. the video for shout out the homie uh Trillivision trilogy. You know, he uh, shot a directed that even if you see the video, it's like straight jacket type shit. And that's mm -hmm. an old to kamikaze, you know what I'm saying? Which was the mm -hmm. project that really kind of like sent them out of That's the joint with Overnight Celebrity and right. Slow Jams featuring Jamie Foxx and Kanye. He was known before then, but that really put him, sent them to yeah. the moon. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That put him in that commercial stratosphere. So that whole video was a homage to like the straight jacket, the kamikaze and just, you know what I'm saying? The flow and all that. So I try, I just try to, you know what I'm saying? Be creative and, and, and pay dues where they, where they, where they do. You know, Twister was a big influence on my 
for my style as well. Oh, you, you, you definitely, you definitely uh, kept up, uh, so to speak. It. And it was a good change of pace in the album. We always talk about flow of an album, pace of an album, and we always need those different joints that we can go to, to where we like, okay, we going here for this this sound, but we going here for Bottle Full of Liquor when we in the, this mood. Or or we just getting some hard shit with, from Chicago uh, with hate. Like, so you, you got a lot of different pockets that you touched on in such a, a compact album because you see the, the the amount of tracks, but, you know, three of them are interludes, right. you know what I mean? But, you know, you brought back a lot of the three verse <laughs> parts where the songs were longer. So it felt like we got a, a real, real solid body of work. But I did want to toss it back to that, that initial question that I asked um, before you answered the last one in terms of just like, the things that are going on in the city and the inflated numbers and just people, some of the people or yourself that's kind of trying to do their part to help and give back. You know, I don't know if people really know this, but you know, the, the, the murder rate in Chicago was actually much higher back in the eighties and the early nineties. So I understand it's, it's social media, you know, everything is so in our face, you know what I'm saying? And we see it so often. So we tend to, over-dramatize it, you know what I'm saying? Or over-dramatize it, however you want to say that, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, don't get me wrong, like it's not, it's it's bad, but it's, it's, it's no different than anywhere else, you know what I'm saying? Like Chicago is not the murder capital of the world, you know what I'm saying? But some people that think that with the Chirac and all the stories that come from, uh, come from the city and it's like, yeah, we, it is what it is, but it's not like it's the worst place on earth, you know what I'm saying? It definitely is a problem, but it's not, so much so it's not just you know what i'm saying with the gangs you know like they knocking down schools and building way more jails you know what i'm saying you tell me why that so why would you be knocking down schools which is a a tool to teach the youth and supposedly build better adults for the future but you build in jails which we know now are corporatized and you know what i'm saying privatizing and as a part of these corporations and big money makers so Without having to say it, like I see was I see what it is. I'm saying I see what it is. So it's kind of like it if you if you know Chicago's history from a certain point, then you see exactly how we got to this point. Okay, so gangs been around since 50s, 60s, all that, you know, we know that. But you 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 drop crack in black communities all across the country in the mid to late 80s, the crack epidemic now. Like Furious Style says in, in, in Boys in the Hood, we don't own no motherfucking boats to be bringing all these guns over here. You know what I'm saying? So dump guns into these areas, okay? You mix that with gangs, territory. Now you have a economy within these areas. And it ain't no, I'm going to call the police. It's no, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So you from there, you got that. Now you take away all the figureheads, all the chiefs, all the gang leaders. They either strung out on drugs, dead, or locked up for the rest of their natural life. Shout out to Honorable Ch uh, Chairman Larry Hoover. You know, he was just recently denied early release. Keep fighting that fight out there. But you know, um, they lock up all the chiefs or they strung out on drugs, they, they or they either dead. They tear down all the projects. All where they the projects. Expect, where they expect everybody to go. Right. So now you got shit that was centralized in this one area spread it all over the place. And it's, it's major, it's different gangs, but it's like you either folks or you either people. You know what I'm saying? So it's six point star, five point star, and it's a lot of factions that is under them stars that don't even get along. So now you take the centralized drama, 
you knock down the buildings and now this shit is citywide. So now you got BDs that was over here. They now over here on the next block from the GDs, which is their rival. Now you got uh, gangs that was over here and now they spreading over there. They gonna go wherever they can. And now with all that combined, you, I mean, it's, it's two plus two is four, right? I mean, it's not hard to see why we are where we are today in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? But on the other, you know, on the other side of that, it is people out here that's trying to make change. You know what I'm saying? I myself, I'm not doing as much as I would like to be doing as of yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I can't say personally, anytime I come across an individual that's trying to do something positive and I know where they come from, I salute it. Like, salute the homie uh, Boss Moop on IG. You know what I'm saying? Like, a dude is trying to turn his life around and consistently putting out a positive message. I love it. And he ain't trying to sugarcoat it and make it seem like it ain't what it is. Like he, he's speaking his truth. And I love that. You know what I'm saying? And I got to give a big shout out to the homegirl. I don't know us. So I ain't saying homegirl. Like that's my homegirl. But to the homegirl, Aletta Clark, which is actually the woman speaking on track 11, A Queen Speaks. That's an audio clip that I took from an interview that I believe it was either ABC News or WGN News was doing on her around like the 4th of July of 20, I think it was 4th of July 2020, I want to say. Um, and I used that and that's her speaking. You know, she is a beautiful individual in the sense that like she's done so much for Chicago in a, over a period of time, but like in a short amount of time, she accomplished so much. Like she started out with the campaign hugs, no slugs, and she was selling the shirts. It went from shirts to like, she was feeding the homeless, which she don't like the term homeless. She calls them the friends. You know what I'm saying? And like, I think it was like, I think it was once a week for a certain amount of time for like a few months period, she would like take donations and bring food and feed them because it was some legislation passed to where they were supposed to be allowed shelter inside some police precinct if the weather hit below a certain point, but they wasn't honoring that. They were still kicking them out, telling them they couldn't stay there or whatever. So it was, I mean, I don't know if y'all seen the news, but in the past couple of years, we had like below 20 below weather. And she was yeah. out there sleeping bags, like with him, like under the vidoc, like documented all on social media, trying to prove a point. And it got uh, the attention of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. You know what I'm saying? And, dialogue started to happen and things started to change. She has multiple safe houses throughout Chicago to where she tries to give people um, residency, tries to help them get jobs. She created her own cleaning business, all doing this while still raising home children. You know what I'm saying? Like Shorty is like, I don't really be on the terms king and queen like that. But like, if I had to use that term for anybody, like that's why I titled that A Queen Speaks because that's something I consider like that's royal. That's regal. Oh, you know what and I'm it's, always right. it's always women. It's always Facts. women that, that kind of at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, the true backbone of the families, unfortunately, uh, when you're talking about black folk. But uh, I thought the one thing that was powerful and kind of funny at the end of her speech was like, hey, all right, now you come on back out here. Don't just exactly. come back out here. Just don't be exactly. out here when the mayor out here. And that's you know exactly what, I mean? what it was because the mayor was out there. So they, they had to get the press and all that. And she let them know make sure y'all come back, come check on us. You know what I'm saying? It ain't all just because the mayor out here. What about when the mayor not here? And I, that's exactly why I put that in there. I love that because she, I never met her, don't know her, but she a real ass individual, you know, and you can see that through her content that she posts. She document everything. She been on NBA, live on NBA, uh, NBA on TNT with Dwayne Wade, Shaq, you know what I'm saying? And they've donated to her calls. And it's like, I even donated a small amount to uh, calls before, but it's like, it's, 
it's amazing to watch. And I think yesterday was her birthday. So happy belated birthday to Inglewood Barbie. That's her social media. Uh, a letter Clark, you know what I'm saying? Like keep doing what you're doing, Shorty. Like you, you, you truly appreciate it out For sure, for sure. Shout out to the queen. Happy birthday, man. Prez, I got one last question before we get into quick hitters and, it, and it's one last song, man. So, and Prez, I'm pretty sure you, you rocked with this and I don't even think we talked about it, but theme music to life is, uh, you know, the hook with cancer being a billion dollar industry, yeah. Uh, the, the Hillary and Trump references. And and I don't know if we got into this earlier, but uh, we were talking about like just the, the correlation of Ice Cube's death certificate and that socio-political commentary that he had to where it was in your face, unapologetic. As you kind of go through the songs on here, like I said earlier from Chicago with Hate, shout out to, sorry, let me get his name right, Fillmore Green and uh, Scooter Chose on that one, man. Like you guys were off to yes, set the tone on the album. So then when you get to theme music to Life Ills, it's just more more of that. But in particular, uh, one line that stuck out with, um, with me is, uh, and I want to read it right, Goofy saying, how could he be pro-Black with biracial babies? You know, can, can you speak to that or has that actually happened to you or is that just something that you feel that may surround your particular situation? Most definitely. I feel like... Uh... Recently, as of late, it's been a resurgence of black pride within the black community, right? And it's on full display on social media. You know what I'm saying? People make jokes about it, calling certain type of individuals hoteps and all this and that. I don't really get too much into that, but um, I see a lot of that. I personally have never had that brought to me, you know what I'm saying? But I don't have my children. I've posted my, I got two boys, love them to death. Posted them on my social media plenty of times, as well as their uh, my girl, which is their mother. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I never shied away from that. But that line just, it just, like I've seen things on social media about other people. And I guess people look at certain people a certain type of way for a certain reason. You know, whether it's a basketball player with a white wife or a, a black actor with a, a, a white girlfriend or whatever the case may be, whatever. You know, um, my child, my children's mother, my lady, she is Russian. You know what I'm saying? She's from Europe, from Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? Born, raised in Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? Transplanted to, uh, I was about to say Central Park, in the <laughs> to uh, <laughs> Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, around like the 99, uh, around like 99, at like 12, 13 years old. So no speaking, no English, you know what I'm saying? None of that. So it's kind of like, she grew up in like an area to where it's like, it wasn't sweet. She didn't grow up middle-class or nothing like that. So it's kind of like, she she knows what it's like to be a Chicago and she is a Chicago, you know what I'm saying? Having to go through those areas, you know what I'm saying? We ain't talking about Wicker Park nothing like that humble park that's what I, that's what i meant to say she uh was transplanted to humble park you know what i'm saying at the age of 12 12 13 something like that so when i say that you know goofy's question how could he be pro-black with biracial babies i follow that up with like you can uh what i say like you can discredit the significance of this melanin like okay because i'm with this individual you can't take this away you know what i'm saying because when i go out into the world i still am who i am you know what I'm saying? They're not going to look at her or look at my children and be like, okay, yeah, you're not going to murder him for no reason if we pull him over. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when we initially got together, I wasn't the same person who I am now. Like, I wasn't 
born and raised on pro-black beliefs. I was born to, uh, I was raised to be proud of who I am and to love my blackness, but it wasn't like my mother was a Feeney or a Sada Shakur, ex-Black Panther or school teacher. It wasn't like that. It was just, okay, you black, we have it hard, but that don't have to be your end. That's not the end to your story, you know? So it's kind of like, so we've been together for a very long time. So from the time she met me to who I am now, that's nothing but natural evolution and growth. But am I supposed to not associate myself with my children or my child's mother because I'm I'm pro-black now? And when I say pro-black, I don't mean like, um, like I have a militant mindset, but when I say pro-black, personally to me, what that means to me is that I love my people. That's it, like, that's it. Yeah, I love my people. I'm pro us, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Shikari Richardson, you know what I'm saying? Um, I can't remember the gymnast name. Shorty that's out here going crazy in the Olympics. Biles, Simone Biles. Simone Biles, you know what I'm saying? The new generation of the uh, young ladies who playing tennis. Uh, to from uh, Osaka, Serena Naomi Harris. Osaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so, uh, it's another young lady. Like I just, I, I love us. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when I say pro black, I love us. But if if they not saying something about that part, or how can he be pro black? And his children are part Russian, and his his uh, child's mother is children's mother is Russian. If I did decide to step away, they'd be like, "Oh, wait, he's a deadbeat." See, these dudes don't take care of they uh, take care of their children. They dog. So it's like I'm not listening to none of, that, none of that. I just chose to speak on it because I've heard it and seen it so many times in other people's scenarios, and I'm like, well, I just decided to apply it to myself because I'm pretty sure if somebody is thinking that about somebody else, they might be thinking that about me and just never brought it to my attention and said it to my face. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But it's always something that's been on my mind because I'm unapologetic in how I speak and I'm unapologetically black. I love my people. I love us. I criticize us because I can do that. I'm of us. I, you know what I'm saying? I have my opinions. It's not going to be all good and bad. We do a lot of goofy shit and we are beautiful, immaculate people and do a lot of good shit at the same time. So I'm even killed with it. You know what I'm saying? But it was just something that was on my mind and I chose to speak on it. My fault, prayers, not to cut you off. No, 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 no. Because you're going down the same path. I was just saying like, uh, yeah, it's, it's like we we grew up a certain way and like uh, you learn to fit in and stuff like that. But as we didn't got smarter, older, as we didn't develop, just like you said, develop into manhood, we didn't develop into our loving our own self. Like ain't nothing we can change or do. Y'all would need to start accepting us for us and like, the education wise, when we're saying we wasn't getting the proper education in schools, we had to learn in other places and the stuff like this. And now where everything is coming like kind of full circle technology, everybody's helping with the education and the all the info is out there. So if you're reading or you're you're paying attention to what's going on, you learn a lot more and you like, hold up, why the hell was I doing this over this over over, over doing it this way? When I should have been just owning who I am and moving forward. Well, I'm no longer going to teach that to my kids or whoever else around me own who you are, be who you are, be comfortable with who you are and, and, and move forward. And it's up to the point, like, uh, I mean, even top of the year, we got Judas and the black Messiah, you know, like the government, like they, they putting stuff on full display, like that they was intertwined and all this and what they, what we didn't got for, for a fix on all that. Just like we found out they finally gave them the money and stuff like that. Cause they, they acknowledged the murder. How about getting the correct uh, thing in the, 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 education system getting into the books like this is what properly happened let let us let's go on the truth a little bit you know and, nice. and start preaching that and or start putting teaching that portion of it and putting out that and then growing from that point but you just money ain't gonna fix everything it's all like as you said it kind of demolished the whole neighborhood and it's continually demolished because they're giving it to that one person and they're not putting it back to what 
Fred Hammond was doing at the time, building up the neighborhoods and the communities. And that is what they then tore down. And that's what's, what's missing. And I love that you say that, because, you know, like I didn't value my blackness as a as a young dude growing up in inner city Chicago. Like everybody around me was black. I just thought it was normal, bro. Like I'm from where I'm from. I am who I am. We are who we are. Like I was in my mind, I was just another nigga. You know what I'm saying? It, it like that's how I was. When you see everything on TV, everybody in movies is white. It's like you don't have no self-identity of yourself. You don't see your stories being told. You know what I'm saying? That's why my mother used to sit me down and put me in front of them Spike Lee joints. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever she got the opportunity to, she would put me on something, you know, and it's kind of like I didn't start appreciating who I was and who we are as a people until I got older. You know what I'm saying? So to try to hold something against me like that, which this this is family, this is my blood we talking about. Like I would never disown them for what nobody has to say about nothing. Like I said, you can't take this away from me. You can't take my experiences based on this away from me. Like I am who I am. So it, it, it's really kind of goofy in a sense. It don't really make no sense. And like one of my, my oldest, uh, my oldest son, you know, I got two boys, my oldest son, 13, you know, he was just going to sixth grade and I guess somebody was like, uh, he light skin, you know what I'm saying? So somebody was saying, oh, you ain't black or something like that, or you ain't black enough or something like that made a joke and it kind of hurt his feelings. And I'm like, bro, don't ever hold your head down and feel you ain't enough based mm -hmm. on what somebody else say to you. Look me in my eyes, I'm your father, bro. Like I'm black, ain't no doubt about it. Like you are of me. So what I am, you are. Yes, you have an extra part to you, you also Russian. But I don't pull them away. I love that their mother is so involved in, like they knew Russian Slavic before they knew English. And I was all for that because I'm real big on culture. As a black man, not knowing where my culture comes from, <laughs> I just know I'm a black man in America. And I adapt to the culture, I embrace the culture that we built here, but not knowing where I come from, even if I'm even from Africa, I could have been an Aboriginal from here. You know what I'm saying? Who knows where I'm from, where my lineage lies and rest. With not knowing that, I'm super big on culture. So I love the fact that their mother is like, she educates them on who they are as being Russian. But I look them in the eyes, boy, you black too. Don't ever forget that. You know what I'm saying? And you take pride in that. I don't care what you hear about us, what negativity you hear, what stereotypes you hear. Be proud of who you are all the way around through and through. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have a, a, a issue with that. It's just something I chose to throw in there to speak to it and to speak on it because I feel like sometimes we take that shit overboard. I'm all for black love. I'm all for black unity. I love my people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's facts. Like this ain't something I'm just saying to gain brownie points with nobody. Like I love who I am. Like if I die right now, resurrect me 10 shades darker. That's how much I'm in love with who I am. You know what I'm saying? It's just the <laughs> fact that it's just the fact that I hear shit and it's like, bro, like sometimes we got to put context to certain things because you would hear something and just take it as that. And Word. now you're shitting on every black man with a white woman or somebody who ain't black or every black woman with somebody who ain't who ain't black. And I, I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Because you can still be about you and be for yours, but do whatever you want to do personally. You know what I'm saying? Like. It is what it right. is. And Prez, do you run into that too? Because I know you you have a, a different family dynamic with your wife not being from the States per se. Do, do you run into those different type of things or is it? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very similar. And it just everything that he spoke on and like, like that's what I, uh, like me and the wife, like we, we, we didn't talk several times or, you know, even at the point of taking the last name and stuff. And like, so I was real hard on like, I want my son named after me, da, 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 da. But as 
like when the other kids came and I'm starting to get more educated and everything's coming around, like, why am I holding on to this culture? That's something that was like kind of giving them uh, my parents them here. This they probably gonna be upset. Oh, you don't like your name? No, it's not that what I'm saying. It's just like, well, they have an established culture and, and everything. I would rather them go something that's not manufactured or given versus was was what what I'm what I'm handing out. You know what I mean? Is all I got is really is is starting with us, my grandparents and stuff like that. I just know what that is, but like there's no long lineage or the, who who knows where the names and stuff came from, you know, how we got our last names, like it, all, all that makes sense. So I ain't, I ain't Muslim or, or anything like that. So, uh, but I understand how or why people change up their names and stuff. And that's what I like became more educated on. And as I grew older and grew into the, the person I am today, you know what I mean? As far as only your blackness and, you, you know, being proud of it. Yeah, and it's, it's several, funny. several it's black books. people. We are culture with no culture. We created yeah. our own culture. You know what I'm saying? We are culture with no culture. And that's amazing. I love that. You know what I'm saying? That we are the epitome of make something out of nothing. I say <laughs> yeah. that about my people. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And yeah, as you're saying, like, I, I think you spoke on it uh, even in your raps where you're saying, like, Chicago is the birth of it. And, and like, a lot of that coming from, like, those, those Keela areas, New York, uh, Chicago, you know, coming together and, and that that is what we claiming as our culture you know what i mean uh but yeah making something out of nothing for what we are right now so yeah and i definitely wanted to highlight you know for folks that are out there that's listening and enjoying the conversation if you do want to learn a little bit more about your blackness and you're like us to where you've embraced your blackness as you've grown older and learned about wait why is this like this and this is like this? So one of the books that I know uh, I mentioned to you, Prez, in the past was Cast the Origin the Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkinson was one of the books, and then the uh, the other book that I want to mention and I'm pulling it up right now. My bad, fellas. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and throw in the correction for the people who've been with us this long. Stamp, the stamp from the beginning is the second book. Stamp yeah. from the beginning by Ibram uh, Kendi. So those are two different books that you can read and they're long reads and the first one cast that i just read recently is just really about taking you different systems they take you through uh the holocaust they take you through how we got here as black folks um from africa so it takes you on these different journeys and you definitely get a whole sense of uh just just how, what people have gone through that have been in similar situations as black people and and you realize how things are kind of all the same it's different but the same at the end of the day. So I highly recommend those two books. But go ahead, Press. Oh, I was just going to say the correction. It was uh, Tupacalypse now was the album. It was 91. Oh, right, the right, year right. stuff was correct. Right. But if you, that was hey, So hey, you're going to have somebody been there. That's the wrong album. Well, we corrected ourselves before the end right. of the, the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, so I know we, me and Prez, uh, huge fans of your work, man, with, with this, with this, uh, this body of work that you just put out. Uh, so what, what's next for you, man? What, what do you got coming up? As of right now, uh, we're in the very near future. I'm looking to close out the documentary series and you'll put out the fourth and final installment sometime next week. Um, shout out to the homie quote who filmed that, putting it together, editing it and all that. Shout out to Filthy Records, you know what I'm saying? Um, after that though, if not next month, I'm looking to drop next month, but definitely if not August, September, I'm looking to drop my next project. As of right now, the title was Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking, that's uh, produced entirely by my engineer, you know what I'm saying, Dr. Mindbender. 
So he also a producer, you know what I'm saying? Got some heat, laced me with some heat. I'm excited about this project. This is actually, we've been working on this project since before I dropped anything, you know what I'm saying, in 2020. So we finally, you know what I'm saying, got it right with this one. And I'm looking to drop one more project after that before the year ran. But other than that, immediately just uh, closing out the documentary, um, the another two uh, another two projects before the year is over and shows, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting my name out there as far as the show date. So, you know, just, just trying to put all the pieces together and keep building. The show, the show, man. We see the the pen moving and it's working, man. And, and definitely continue to 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 flood the market with quality content because we don't have enough of that out there. And um, also, we wanted to get into some quick hitters before we let you go, man. So we can kind of get a sense of what you like and, and things like that, as far as with the music and a little bit outside the music, man. So besides yourself, it. besides yourself, right now, who are you? Who are you listening to? Whether that's in your city or just in general. I'm listening to a lot of underground Chicago music. I mean, I know Chicago got the spotlight as far as the drill sound and the trap shit. Mm -hmm. Like, shout out to Dirk and Herbal Nim. But I'm listening to Britney Carter, Olive Blue, Fillmore Green, Scooter Chose, Dosage and Ahosa, Johnny Guns, uh, King Seven, uh, Water, Def C, Mod Filthy Squad, uh, Solar Five, who just dropped the album yesterday, Self Medicated, The Homie Slime, um, Tone Live, like, tone ski like it's, it's so much dope content coming out of chicago right now my dude a dot new shit um taco like killing it my guy a way his hustle war label like i'm really in tune i'm so glad i came back to music when i did because our underground scene is crazy and when the right when the stars align the right way and the people who like what we doing come and shine a light on us people might think that we kind of running rap right now but no like we got so much more to offer than just what y'all hearing on the mainstream level. It's a lot of shit that people don't even know exists within Chicago. And we always been a city to have a multitude of different things going on. We right in the middle of everything. So we got the East Coast influence. We got the Southern influence. I mean, shit, as black people, we all from the South anyway, whether you know it or not, our lineage all comes from the South. Where do we move after abolition and all that? Everybody moved North, you know what I'm saying? And spread it out. So we right in the middle of the West Coast, the South and the East. So we got all these influences and like the Chicago underground scene is, has always been immaculate and is, is even stronger than what it was before I quit. So. I'm, I'm very ecstatic about the time I chose to get back in the game. So I'm listening to all my underground Chicago people. Um, you want to talk about some of the more known acts. It's still more on the underground tip. Um, I'm, I'm in tune with Rome Streets. I know he just dropped some uh, Ransom. Um, yes, sir. Tr trust, you know what I'm saying? 38 Spash, Che Noir. I love her. She, she be going crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. she raw. She raw, yeah. too. Yeah, Etho, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the the usual suspects, Rock Marciano, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm paying attention to that space, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the space that I kind of want to get in, make my bones in and even, you know what I'm saying, dominate, you know what I'm saying? Royce, you know what I'm saying? So that, that real, the real bar heavy underground shit, that's, well, that's, that's what you say when you're saying Royce. Hey, <laughs> hey, it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. No, like I see him and Lupe going through it, like, I've been kind of in and out. Paying yeah, man, they canceling that, the podcast over this. It done got real, yeah. man. And it got oh, personal. Man. Like, I don't think yeah, they should have oh, took it Chris, to it social personal, media bro. like that. I don't think they should have took it to social media like that. I thought that. they, they was, was joking, man. I thought they were being like. They was holding powwows and shit. Like, Nick yeah, Facts yeah. was moderating. And they bring yeah. it. It was dope content for what it was. But I'm like, okay. Like, because I'm a. 
I'm an 80s baby, but I grew up on mid to late 90s and early 2000s rap. And there was no, we gonna sit down and talk about this. It was just let the tracks fly. If that's what yeah, it yeah. is, then that's what it is, just rap. So I wasn't a fan of them talking about it prior to doing it. And then now, obviously motherfuckers and got personal when it is what it is now between Lupe and Roy. So I don't really like how it played out. I listened to Lou joint. I ain't really listened to Roy yet. I seen it was seven minutes. I'm like, all right, I gotta prepare myself to listen to, you know what I'm saying, to, to that. But it's like, it's, I, I guess it's good sport, but I just don't like how it played out. I'm used to, if that's what it is, and let's get to it. Ain't no social media powwows and none of that. You know what I'm saying? We ain't hopping on live talking before we diss each other. I'm not, I wasn't really with, with that portion of it. So that kind of turned me off a little bit, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in tune to the underground. You know what I'm saying more so than anything. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been, he ain't let nothing slide these days. They, he ain't they both came slide. with it, man. They both came with it, man. But yeah, but yeah again, I, I didn't need the whole two, three hour sit downs on, on uh, IG live either. Just let's, let's get to it. Give me the bars. And if y'all ain't going, if y'all going to be into it for real, then, then let's, you know, there's no need to sit down and talk about it, but hate to see it right. happen. Cause they did have a, a pretty dope pod in my opinion with, with varying viewpoints, which, which makes good podcasts, good podcasts. Like if me and Prez thought alike on everything, then we'd probably have a terrible podcast. Like, yeah, right. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, that's dope. But my next question though, is uh you got one producer that you grew up idolizing he's gonna produce your next album solely and this is in the vein with how you've been elevating who who would you pick i gotta fire up the old time machine and i'm going to snatch up 94 95 risen that man was a monster (laughs) that man was a monster bro that man was a monster like i love like, I love Wu-Tang, period, as a foundation because they more than just a group. That's a whole foundation. Like, they yes, gave sir. so much to, to, to uh, rap culture and hip-hop. But just, like, that area of the from 93 to, like, 98, like, Rizzo was different. Like, that man was different. Like, different. And he was handling a high 90 percentile of those projects, if not 100%, from at least 93 to about 97. I want to say from into the 36 Chambers to Wu-Tang Forever, I think RZA, wasn't he like the sole producer for most of those albums, if not yeah, all most of them. them? So it's kind of like, man, like that man, he was a machine, but it was, it was, it was a thing to where it was quality and quantity. It wasn't no duds in between that time, at least not to me. I mean, it was slept on album shit that didn't get the push that it might have deserved. But I'm, hey, I'm going back in time and I'm snatching up 94, 95 RZA, man. That man was a monster. And I, and I got one last one, Prez, and we always ask everybody this because we just want to get a feel for what you like and who you listen to. Who's who's your top five go-to lyricist? Mm. I got the kind of regular top five, you know what I'm saying, that everybody else got. Uh, I will say this, though. I don't, I don't consider the forefathers. I don't put them in my top five because I feel like they're on a different – I feel like they deserve more than a top five spot. Like they, that's mm-hmm. around Mount Rushmore. So dudes like KRS, Rakim, Kooji, Rap, Big Daddy Kane, that's Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't include them in my top fives because they are solely responsible for everything. It's already known. Yeah, but it's yeah. already known. Don't need to be said. It's already right. known. But if we talking about my top five, my top five, Biggie and Pac got to share that first spot just because they so intertwined. And I feel like you can't tell one story without telling the other because they both was taken from us so tragically before they time due to the same circumstances. So Biggie and Pac share my number one spot. Number two, I'm going with Nas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like there's ever been another rapper better than 
95, 96 Nas around that it was written time. You know what I'm saying? Like that's my favorite artist of all time. You know what I'm saying? Um, after that, I will put Jay in that third spot. I didn't really grow up a Jay fan, but I learned to appreciate his stuff later as I got older because he was talking a lot of hustler talk and I always used the metaphor. Jay was like the varsity dude with all the girls star on the football team, <laughs> basketball team, walking through the halls with the Letterman jacket. I couldn't relate to that. I wasn't that. Nas was kind of like the quiet dude who was still fly, still had chicks, but was more low key. The A, B student, smart, all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always identified more with that. You know what I'm saying? But I get Jay that third spot. Uh, four definitely would go to X. I might even get X that third spot and move Jay to four. It all depends on how I'm feeling. But for now, I'm going to say that fourth spot will go to X. And uh, I would say that fifth spot will go to Pun. All because those are the dudes that really helped me grow as an artist. And then when you talk about the second five, it's artists like Twister, Scarface, Jada Kiss. Mm. Um, Good list. Uh, Cube. I got to throw Cube in there. Because I feel like the more I listen to the, the Eternal Reflection and I sit back and reflect, it's kind of like a mini version of Death Certificate. And I was yeah. telling you, Cash, like, I love that album. Like, I put Death Certificate right with Illmatic. It was written, like, whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? I put it right there. Like, that album is immaculate. Like, the storytelling was immaculate. The bars was immaculate. The concepts, like, that man was in his bag. Like, Cube is another one. He get his flowers, but he don't get enough to me. He had one of the best four or five album runs in the hip hop ever. And, and I'm not go back and listen to this podcast. I'm one that always that yeah, vocalized always. that like <laughs> a tremendous. Effort. Like y'all keep throwing shade on Q by not having in those top five talks, and I think that's an ultimate disrespect. <laughs> like that gang, gangster rap, he he epitomizes it. Like if if you. It's, it's, it's just that simple with the NWA. And then as you know, you everybody got to see on a movie that were kind of casual fans of the, of the craft and the culture. You got to see that he wrote all that stuff, all easy stuff, all NWA stuff. Like he was the pin behind it. So how, how do you respect the production part so much in Dre, but you don't respect the pin equally? You know what I'm saying? So those, those two go hand in hand. So I, I'll always, I always listen to Cube, I don't care when he decided to come out, I don't care if he made children's movies. We nice. all got to evolve, man. That, that's the man. Nice. But Chris, I got one last question because we're going to get into this at some point before what is versus, but I definitely got to, got to highlight. I'm a man. I am God about this, man. Dipset or the locks? Who I you, who you have one in this one? I love Dipset, but LOX, man. LOX, oh. the, lock, the locks, the locks help, help raise me, man. Like, I'm gonna tell you this about the locks. Bro. I knew I liked this guy for some reason, bro. I knew <laughs> it, man. Like, bro, I, gro like I said, growing up without a father figure, you know what I'm saying? Lessons. So, so much man shit, like real man shit, dwells in the bars of Jada Kiss, Styles P, Styles and Sheik Luge. Like, my favorite Jada Kiss line ever. It's not some super technical, super fly line. Never hold nothing in. You're supposed to check, niggas. That's my favorite Jada Kiss line ever. Because as a grown ass man, I cannot allow you to disrespect me, whether intentionally or maybe you just didn't know no better and continue to let that fly because now that shit blossoms and becomes something else where it might be a problem. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I love that line. Like Styles, Kiss, Sheep, bro, taught me so much about being a man after I got a chance to sit down and reflect. Like I had the lessons right in front of me as a shorty. I just wasn't applying them. I just thought it was rap music. You know what I'm saying? But like speaking to a motherfucker soul, like I love Dipset, but LOX, yeah. man, living off experience, yeah. man. 
I know like uh Styles was like it was just like at the end of one of his songs, one of the things that he said just like always like hit me when he says like man, I pray too, you better pray harder than me. Like oh yeah, <laughs> just, 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 just a little yeah. common little sense thing, just like hey nah man, yeah. like yeah, he, he might be the ad lib on the low, like the ad lib king, man, with those little those little things, man. But yeah, again, man, they they got so many nuggets, and I hope they they real talk them to death. I mean, they got the hits, but I just hope that they go to the go heads, the you know those those um holidays, the holiday. I gotta man. make it. Man, I hope he do all those type of joints. Dipset, hey, dipset. That style no, speed, I don't know. That style <laughs> speed was a different animal. That style the far, speed. The Farrell Monchin styles. The Farrell yeah. Monchin styles. He got the style speed the that's, that's slanging fruits and veggies and, and uplifting the youth, which is what we need right now. But style speed from the early two. Hey, man. Don't, don't forget. Nobody... Don't forget. I'm an ignorant and negative. I hey. <laughs> and say I'm better than <laughs> say I'm better than like, <laughs> It's the dude that gave us shoot him in the head, shoot him in the face and the chest, then shoot him in the waist and the neck, then shoot him in the gut and the mouth, then shoot him in his back and don't stop till his blood running out. Like, come on, fam. <laughs> like, nah, fam. Like, nah, bro. I'm, not, I'm trying I'm to sell these. I'm trying to sell these fruits and veggies right now. Don't bring me back there. Oh, man. man. Yo, man, man, but they can't, uh, they can't sit down and get drunk like it did last time. You get too drunk, oh, man. No, I feel oh, no. like it's going to lean more towards uh, the performance portion. That's what y'all missing. The performance on there is just going to be, man, no, Dipset can come know. with it. Hey, yeah, it's but, a win-win for me, I'm conflicted, because... too, because Cam is my guy. Like, Cam is one of my favorite Love guys Cam. from Cam. the way he used to rap up until the, the boobity-bop-bop scoop. I, I like yeah. all that shit. Cam just carry himself a certain type of yeah. way that, in which yeah, I girl. like and you know even with saying. Jones, like Jones didn't like step this gate. Like Jones, I, I could really respect Jim Jones because I wasn't really a Jones fan when Dipset first came out, but like he actually put effort into his craft. Like this is a dude, if the if rap was the NBA, Jim Jones is definitely most improved player. You know what I'm saying? Because like the the heights that he's reached as, as a as a MC, his boss, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he Royce or nothing like that, but from where he started to where he is now, you can tell that man care. And, and it's, I, it's resonating And I appreciate now. that. Yeah, it's resonating now. Like it, it ain't no far off thing he's saying. He resonating with the common man now. And I think once you do that, you your bar is gonna live on forever, man. But he's Julius uh, Randle on the Knicks right now. That's what he is. You know, just coming out of nowhere and <laughs> actually Blue. being good for a time. Go ahead. Blue, Blue. But yo, yo, man, uh, yo, it's a pleasure having you on, man. Thanks for coming to chop it up, talking about the album. Uh Thanks, thanks for being on, man. Uh, I know on behalf of myself, man, we we love what you're doing. I'm happy that we caught wind of you. I'm happy we caught wind of some of your other partners. I know you had like a live recently uh, where you guys were talking about this Lupe and Voice yeah. thing and stuff like that. And I downloaded some of your partners' albums, and we'll be getting to getting to that. So hopefully, we can start this this thing to where we interview some of your partners and, and bring you back on again uh, to talk about whatever you got coming up next, man. So. We highly I appreciate, appreciate that, it, man. man. I appreciate y'all tapping in with the city and not just letting it die with just me. I definitely appreciate that. Cause like I said, Chicago, we got so much more to offer other than the drill wave and the trap wave that's going on right now. And not the not the shit on that or nothing. Like no, it's, no. It's, it's obviously there for a reason. It serves its purpose, but we got so much more to offer. So the fact that you was definitely tapping in with others from my city outside of myself, I definitely appreciate that. Again, salute everybody. I left out Vic Spencer when I was left in uh naming who I'm he has to. a new project that dropped. Yesterday. That's dropped yesterday. Definitely yeah. fucking with Vic. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so many of us. You know what I'm saying? It's so many of us. So love to all the Chicago artists. You know what I'm saying? Let's 
let's put a, a definite stranglehold on this game and let's plant our flag and do it the right way, man, and, and keep the Chicago name alive for forever. We all we never left. We was always here, but let's just give them a new wave to add and add on to this history that we didn't already made so yeah. far, man. Yeah. Let, I let love y'all too, man. Appreciate y'all for having me on, man. Yeah, let yay have the gospel and then y'all coming on with the new wave that's coming on nice. over here. Uh nice. so uh <laughs> but the couch is always open, man. Uh whether you got a new project to uh come on and talk about or anything else that you just have anything you want to clear on your mind, uh we just hit us up and we, you can always come on and say what you need to say. Appreciate y'all, man. Ain't no doubt, no doubt, man. So with that said, I'm cash one half for the Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast team. And my yeah. man with me always, Mr. Press. We out. All right, man. We out.